Overtime versus working on weekend. Overtime. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Well, uh, you need to have a time for your family always. And uh, it's been difficult if you don't have at least weekend for them. I'm not the best best example. <laughs> I know I'm trying to do as I, as I said right now. Trying to yeah. walk as you talk, right? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> what does innovation mean to you? Well, doing something you really like, which is very difficult these days because um, if you, I mean, I'm starting for myself because uh, my background and having in mind, I'm now doing, let's say, work by myself because I'm head of the company. And uh, I, I can really, whatever you, you feel these days, you know, sense from social media, read somewhere, especially having in mind the blockchain, how, how it's get big these days, you have a lot of ideas and you get, can innovate. But and many distractions in those, right? Uh, exactly, as well. I mean, these are distractions, but innovation means that you have a full open hand and you can do it what you want. You know, in, in some environments, it's difficult to do that because you are being probably uh, focused on a goal and in company you always have milestones that you need to achieve and it's, somehow it's hard to, to innovate. But of course, there are always companies that are doing also good innovations. Um, read a book or listen to the podcast? Oh, <laughs> I got me there. <laughs> I, hopefully I would like to read a book, but uh, I'm a bit ashamed because I didn't do it a lot of uh, like a couple of years probably. I have a lot of books when I travel along the Europe. I, I bought a book in each city. Oh, that's it's cool. It's a big shelf. <laughs> big shelf. Didn't read it still. So, so it's still getting bigger, right? Yeah, in yeah, the time. Yeah. And what from before? What would you say it's your favorite book? Favorite one? Uh, well, maybe uh, from from the way I was a kid because it can run your imagination or a bit like Tom Sawyer or like the Discovery oh, cool. books and. Uh, you know, books that uh, keep your imagination going, but also Sky-Fi. Uh, um, around that, uh, maybe uh, Hitchcock's Software True Galaxy is also a nice book, but uh, I cannot say I'm a really book addict, so I'm not the right example to ask, you know, for... <laughs> my mother was more forcing me to read, and uh, she was right about it, and I, I was not reading when I was younger, but now too much distraction, as you said. I believe that it's... Uh... Uh, like uh, if you make yourself do it uh, one particular time in a day or in a week it will it will start getting yeah. better and better with, with uh, how much do you read so I have a personal goal to, to read like a big book a week so 52 books a, a year and I haven't done it now for two years but before I was pretty good uh, in a couple of years I made it so yeah, I, I can try that, maybe, especially in the aeroplane. And yeah. Doing that routine, you know, you travel a lot as well, so yeah. you, you know you can kill time there pretty well with a book. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Most important personal trait in business? A personal trait? But one word. <laughs> there as well. Um, I don't know, uh, addiction maybe. Uh, oh, uh, cool. <laughs> I haven't heard yeah. that one, that's nice. And what is your biggest motivation? I, I guess it's it's good to work for yourself. Uh, again, I mean, this is my biggest motivation because before I was working for the others, and when you realize that how much you put into it, and you not always get uh, as much as back as you want, and uh, yeah, 
working also in these new technologies is very big motivation as well. Uh, I mean, I speak a lot with uh, my, my colleagues and uh, the amount of ideas that comes up each day is too much. I mean, you just try to get your hand uh, <laughs> around the things that are there, you know, that need to be finalized. So I would say, yeah, this is my biggest motivation. Yeah. So we'll go through some personal stuff and sure. we're going to immerse in Metaverse. What's your biggest regret? Maybe spending more time with my kids. Yeah, because uh, even I, I was working a lot of from home uh, around 10 years, even with the traveling, even if I'm at home, uh, I, I don't, you're there, you know, but you're not basically spending time with them. You're offline completely. Shut yeah. down, they are around you, but uh, yelling or shouting and working, but you're not completely dedicated to them. And uh, yeah, this is my regret. And how would you like to be remembered? Maybe as someone that uh, published a good manuscript, did new standard in IT technology, or created some some service that everybody uses. Cool about the manuscript you're trying to write, or uh, well, no, I have a lot of writing manuscripts uh, for because I also have PhD in computer yeah. science, so occasionally we write something, and uh, sometimes there's a lot of interesting. Uh, papers so yeah. this is chair place where we discuss innovations and uh, I'm going to start this episode like this the metaverse is massively scalable it's persistent network of interconnected virtual worlds focused on real-time interaction where people can work social interact transact, play, and even create. But this is only definition. So I want to be practical about this novelty that is becoming mainstream almost right now. On this subject, I have a great pleasure to welcome Nena Gligoric. Welcome to chair. Thank you. Thank you very much, Nemanja. This is our subject, Metaverse. So let's go from the start. How was conceived and what needed to happen to for Metaverse to become what it is today? Yeah, I mean, Met Metaverse, uh, in, in theory, you, you read a nice, nice uh, theoretical uh, definition of Metaverse, but we are still far away from there. And uh, I, I would say it's conceived if you uh, get a few decades back, uh, maybe more than a few decades, when the people were uh, speaking about parallel universe, because uh, there's a theory, it, it, it even called it uh, like multiverse. You know, and it's very similar word like uh, metaverse, but there you have a lot of parallel uh, universes like, like this one, and uh, different. You exist there, but maybe you know you, you have different nose, or <laughs> you act differently, or you are the same person but doing uh, maybe more popular things. I don't think this is not popular. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyway, um, to get right back on a topic, uh, uh, there is so questions about the alter ego and people always wanted to, to you know to get into imagination how how can they change their reality and uh, they always you know want to to uh, maybe become someone different but this theory maybe sticks you know we'll see about the parallel universe uh, nowadays uh, sci-fi movies gaming uh, bring this topic into the first plan 
especially the escalation of new technologies. So, um, yeah, I, I would say uh, we are still far away from the theory, but but still uh, there is a lot of things that are existing right now. They are very close to the reality, to the to re real uh, multiverse that is expecting to be seen maybe in a 50, 60 years. Yeah. And you just mentioned a couple of those use cases. Can we concentrate on some specific ones that are basically uh, right now available? Yeah, yeah sure. Um, maybe I, I can select a couple of already existing uh, from from Facebook. I mean, Facebook's rename it's in, in Meta. So they, they have a Meta World, which is a game uh, experience that you can go and enjoy different uh, topics. Uh, also, uh, there there is a sandbox uh, gaming that I think Snoop, Snoop Dogg there created his first metaverse concert. So this is maybe a second of the, all the potential use cases. And also, I know Seoul uh, put a lot of money to become a first metaverse city. So the public administration, you can go, you know, with uh, uh, VR glasses and ask directly someone employed in the public administration. So this is just a few to name. Yeah, that, that's an interesting topic that you just mentioned because uh, previously we had one guest from government sector that we talk about exactly about this, about what they're doing in cell. And it sounds like science fiction, but it's actually uh, there, it's implemented. Um, do you know what are the biggest challenges that they're, that they're facing or overall that is faced in this uh, idea of metaverse today? What needs to be overcome to come to that next step? Yeah, I must say it's interoperability because <clears throat> you have islands of different developments which doesn't work together. So metaverse is developed uh, by Facebook, you know, by Sandbox, by a plethora of different uh, technology providers, but there is no interoperability. So there is no de facto standard that uh, you know should be respected. So if you even need to exchange some data or information between between those, it will not work. So, but that was same for internet before, yeah, right? Exactly. So and before before it was a mess. Now yeah. it's a chaos, like the beginning of the internet. And now we are uh, waiting for something uh, to get moved in a, in a direction of standards, uh, so that it can become uh, basically something that uh, can be taken by anyone used by anyone and that you end up in the same world because you know with meta you will end it with meta in meta world in uh, another deployment of metaverse in another you know metaverse and so on so whenever we are talking about this and this is your specialty right uh, metaverse web 3.0 blockchain nft it's all interlapped right um can we dissect this subject to try to put it in the right order stuff and to see how they are interconnected. Sure. Yeah, first, I will not uh, call myself uh, expert for the metaverse because the metaverse like is universe. You know, it's a lot of uh, different things that you should know there. And uh, still, there is a lot of things there to be designed and learned. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, the mystification of metaverse, uh, I mean, should probably start from technological angle I always start from there because uh, it's my background. So you will need to have, uh, let's say, some um, trust between people that are there. Someone will need to enforce that trust, you know, like handshake in the real world. You need, need to have 
some rules, you know, in the in the metaverse. Yeah, for yeah. handshake, we had like two or three thousand years to become something that is yeah. meaningful, right? <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, and starting from there, uh, you also need to to exchange some money, and uh, you know, who will guarantee it will work like in the real person in the real world. <clears throat> so some trust, you know, uh, for the data it's needed, and for that, of course, the first. Uh, Thing that comes up it's blockchain because it can enforce trust uh, <clears throat> so-called smart contracts are something like usual contracts between you know uh, two people but but notarized uh, ensures that this, this will be happening you know what you uh, present in those contracts it would happen and you can use those smart contracts if someone behaves badly in a metaverse you can you know uh, <laughs> reject film from the group or from the club or from the whole world uh, if there is a payment that needs to be uh, invoiced you can also do it by, by, by the blockchain so starting from there uh, and also adding on top some more things that actually will attract people to be in the metaverse like augmented uh, virtual reality uh, which I think we are still not there because like playing uh, a game 20 years ago and playing the game today now it's much closer to reality, and we are expecting when you put these bigger uh, expectations, right? Yeah, bigger expectations. Now, when you put those uh, glasses, you should expect like seeing the people in the real world. So, this is what what is missing. Yeah. You just mentioned blockchain, and then uh, of course, uh, uh, it's starting to 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 become uh, part of our lives, right? But uh, what you say it's needed to happen for the blockchain to be completely integrated in our everyday life? Well, um, from the aspect of the metaverse or in general? Uh, in, general in general, we can, we can uh, uh, reflect that, how we can see how that is reflected in the metaverse. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, <clears throat> uh, for, for that there is a so-called blockchain trilemma. So uh, you have the centralization from us, it's triangle. So. It's observing it's a triangle, and you cannot always achieve more than two. So you have scalability, decentralization, and uh, if you if you want to, let's say uh, Bitcoin is fully decentralized and uh, it's very slow, so scalability is lacking there. And uh, for let's say Hyperledger Fabric, which is a permission closed blockchain uh, operated by by few, more than few, but it's an example <laughs> few. Uh, you you have. Uh, couple of uh, you know entities that operates and there is lack of trust there so uh, this is something that needs to pay attention to especially this uh, scalability and uh, with scalability is always coming if you want to if you need to wait like for the transaction to perform for 10 minutes uh, you know it's not tangible in all use cases you can apply it in some use cases where then there is no demand for less, less delay but in most of use cases, it will all fly uh, at the end. Um, and uh, what would I say be, uh, beyond this, this trilemma probably is energy efficiency. So, you know, you're speaking about the blockchain and about the uh, employment in a, in a real world, you know, in metaverse or whatever. But one of the biggest threats for the climate changes is actually energy consumption. You know, uh, heating uh, is coming uh, from big uh, plants that are exposing a lot of uh, energy and want to produce more energy and so on. So, if you cannot reduce the consumption of the of the uh, blockchains, 
you will not have the real application of it, especially uh, in these times when uh, this is a high topic. Yeah, but the energy crisis and everything that uh, is going I mean, on around Ethereum the world. is doing uh, to zero. It's all already released proof of stake where it's less consuming, but still uh, another, if I can just uh, jump uh, for, the, for, the, for the next uh, related thing, uh, payments are a big issue. So if you need to pay for something a lot to be on a blockchain, because you can see a blockchain as a copy of the database, you have copy of the database, it, each user which uses that uh, uh, ledger. So <clears throat> if you need to pay a transaction a lot to be added there into all these let's say, databases, uh, it would also not fly. So you, you will need to have low cost transactions. And uh, for, for, for that, I mean, there are also movements, but uh, I think we are still far from the, uh, the real possibilities of the, the blockchain. Uh, you you just mentioned something very interesting regarding the climate uh, change, right? Uh, and we talked about this. You you have uh, some projects working on on those as well. But uh, uh, is there any uh, um, how how to express this? Is there any uses of blockchain technology to fight climate change? And uh, uh, because both topics are pretty hot today, so yeah, there are even working groups around the topic, and uh, they're trying on different ways to you know con convey to this new uh, context that maybe can help them struggle, struggle and cope with the uh, climate crisis. Uh, for sure, that there are potential uh, things that can be done. Um, if you cannot enforce someone to convey to some rules like uh, someone not polluting the environment, this is the first thing that you know comes to your mind. So, okay, so blockchain is there. Why we do not you know write the data about uh, a facility producing uh, some uh, machines that pollute the environment? You know, uh, mine <clears throat> because Rio Tinto, an example, or something like that. Uh, that are polluting our environment. Why do not we put the data into the blockchain so you know it's not being changed? And for, for that, you for sure know that uh, you need also legislative compliance from the side of the company. And if they are not cool. expecting that, but there are a lot of different uh, problems <laughs> yeah, there. As, as a concept, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. pretty cool, right? Conceptually, it's nice. Uh, and also, I'm not sure if you heard about carbon credits. Uh, actually, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, this is an interesting uh, thought, I, I must say, because uh, I think in America, they even trading yeah. carbon credits. You say, okay, uh, let's say Canada have this much carbon credits. So this means that you can pollute this much your environment and they sell it to, I don't know, America or Serbia or everything somewhere. is for sale. Everything today, is for right? sale. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, also, I mean, there you, you can also maybe introduce uh, some kind of, uh, you know, policy making uh, stick to uh, also again blockchain but it's on a, on a very long stick yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to continue while we on on uh, this uh, selling point uh, to continue with NFTs you mentioned uh, you mentioned it earlier as a part of, of, of this concept so uh, is a buzz right now it's not that buzz how, how it was 
few months ago because of that big crash with crypto and everything. But it's still there. And uh, what is the real value? And what is just a bubble when we talk about <laughs> NFTs? Well, if you ask... Uh... Developer. Depending who you ask, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Depending. I mean, if you ask developer, you know, uh, most of the developers doesn't believe in NFT because they know in technological sense, what does it mean? It's just a link to a picture on a blockchain. And uh, from the psychological perspective, it's completely different because you, you did you uh, collect football cards when you were? Yeah. There? Yeah. Uh, this is the date. I mean, this is collector stories. So, you know, uh, people like to collect. And it they has some kind it, of yeah. emotional value, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But this is also from another perspective, it's digital. So, you know, digital, you cannot sense it, you cannot feel it. But again, uh, it, it has value because people think it has value. And that's all. Uh -huh. um, so let's let's go back to metaverse and, and the story around it. And uh, of course, we are when we are talking about this, I'm a uh, big fan of at least first part of, of Matrix, right? So how far we are exactly from red, blue pill uh, that Morpheus did, well, uh, gave to Neo? Well, yeah, <laughs> we're far like 20 years from the movie <laughs> that was <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> launched. But uh, yeah, um, it's a good question. So to, to really enjoy that kind of uh, reality, you, you really need to have everything what they had in Matrix. So if I can link to the movie, uh, you will need to really have a good technology that can uh, convey that augmented reality, virtual reality around you. So you really need to feel, you need to have haptic devices, which mean that it's connected on your bone or nerves that you can really feel, you know, what is around you, which is augmented digitally, not existing. Um, I think maybe during our lifetime, if we are lucky, we might experience the... Uh, or not so lucky, or not depending so lucky. from which perspective yeah. you're not, looking at, not, right? Yeah. Um, we always uh, like to, uh, when we are going to the end of, of show, we always like to talk about the future. But before that, before I, we convey what will happen with the metaverse that is today in the future, I want to ask you uh, about uh, one of your personal projects that you share with me. And it was very interesting for me that uh, what you mentioned on the research that you are doing regarding tropical diseases. And uh, can you share a bit about that? Yeah, sure. Um, so uh, we, we gather around uh, more than one year with some some uh, researchers that are working in different areas. So one one of those are one of these areas is the climate. Uh, climate change, the other are uh, diseases, which are also related to climate. So uh, basically, we, we have three years project uh, with uh, top 2% researchers in the world working in the sand fly borne diseases. So uh, maybe not much familiar uh, terminology. There's also uh, Leishmania and the plebovirus, which is connected with this uh, sand flies which are transferred uh, through people, mostly in, in areas where there is uh, much hotter than... than so you know, this uh, sounds, sounds a bit like malaria, but it's not. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's not transferred by, by mosquitoes, but uh, uh, it's kind of different virus with different consequences, but it's uh, for the mortality, I'm not sure if it's more than... Uh, it's, it's different, but it also has very high mortality if it's not cured uh, on time. And uh, we basically have data sets 
uh, from one dating 100 years back from now, both from climate uh, changes, so weather, how it's been changed, and also uh, having in mind uh, these these researchers, we have, I think, almost 100 years of data of these fl- sand flies, which are spread all around Europe. Wow, with the virus, so we can we can merge these two. We can marry the data these. set sounds uh, super interesting, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, if you have a supercomputer <laughs> <laughs> and if you can process yeah. it, it, it is really good uh, uh, for playing. So you guys like working on the data models around that, or? Yeah, uh, we we have uh, partners working on data models. Uh, personally, from from our side, uh, from our uh, company, uh, we we are working on. Uh, uh, devices that uh, are sens- microclimate devices that are collecting devices in places where they also put these traps for the samples to to make some correlations, uh, but also with uh, creating the early warning system. So we all data that will be uh, modeled and uh, uh, processed by twenty plus partners in the project will be presented over this early warning system, which is decision support for ministries, for governments, cool. for citizens. So uh, it should provide you uh, insights uh, where, when not to walk your dogs because uh, it's a lot of common disease with the dogs as well. And uh, also for, uh, I mean, if they are in high grass or depending on different parameters met, uh, climate also, uh, climate thing, related thing, uh, it can give you some insights and intelligence, you know, what to do or not to do. Uh, so cool. Yeah. Uh, to go back to metaverse and the future of it, you told me that you're hoping in in our lifetime, uh, if that's a good or bad thing, we will see. But uh, question for you now, uh, we talked about use cases that are right now. We see the future as a matrix in Neo and of course Morpheus, never without Morpheus. But what you think would be the next use case in the near future that can be next big thing related to metaverse. You mean for real? Yeah. Like that we're going to experience? Exactly. Uh, uh, I mean, gaming is there, uh, COVID is there, hope, hope not, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, uh, you know, each hundred years, uh, some pandemia comes up and we already have one recently. So in these closed environments, you will probably need to meet with people. And uh, I, I would say, it, it go in the direction of uh, not traveling in the USA to meet your uh, client, but you can do it from your home directly like we are here speaking. So uh, this has a really good, uh, let's say, business model behind and it, it will probably be developed. And then do you know gaming. some companies that are working on that right now? Because it uh, is... not sure. Uh, maybe I, I was reading something around that, yeah. but cannot recall at the moment. Uh, also, gaming is a big thing. I mean, it's a big... Yeah, it's a huge industry, lots of money, right? Exactly. So, yeah. And uh, this would be my second guess. So, we'll probably experience better games, you know, more intense games. And also, if you've seen Black Mirror, uh, yeah. Yeah, you can get, have a hint. <laughs> from from yeah. there, don't play a video game with your friend, male friend. <laughs> yeah. No, oh, sorry. I mean, we need to be politically correct. I mean... Yeah. Of course, of course. Uh, Nena, thank you so much. This was very interesting and and, uh, insightful and uh, I'm very glad that uh, you have been my guest here in chair. And for you out there, next Thursday, next innovation talk, subscribe and uh, see you again. Thank Thank you very much. much.